Welcome to the Sooner Schooner Show. I am your host, Eric G. from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. Coming up on this week's episode, we'll discuss the hiring or soon-to-be hiring of Zach Alley, OU's new defensive coordinator. Yeah, and I sounded like Ron Burgundy there on purpose. We'll explain that coming up in just a minute. We'll also uh, talk about why it was time for Brent Venables to move on from Ted Roof and maybe exactly what Brent Venables is thinking with this hire. Uh, I'm sure by now you know Michigan has won the national championship, so if you will permit me, I will lament on why doesn't Oklahoma look a little bit more like Michigan because it's very obvious that's how you win a national championship. We've got some congratulations to pass out to uh, Dewey Selman. And guess what? ESPN and Sports Illustrated have already put out their rankings or way too early rankings for next year's college football top 25, and we'll tell you where they have OU. But before we go any further, please pause for the cause and give us a five-star rating and write a written review. The five-star rating helps us get our content out to as many people possible, and the written review just tells us what more content you want or what kind of content you want. And if you will take a screenshot of that and send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, Pete will send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie. Well, let's start off with some bad news today, right? Because you want to get all the bad news out of the way first, and then you get to the good news As of the recording of this particular show, there are 288 days left until college football kicks off next year. Thank God. Thank God I've got every single OU game on DVR that I can go back, watch, overanalyze, come back, do podcasts based off that, do radio shows based off that, and just generally keep me sane. I've also got every LSU game. On DVR as well. And I plan to look at those because I want to get an idea of what the last game of next year might look like. Although, considering the fact that LSU fired their entire defensive staff, I'm thinking the defense might just look slightly different next year by the time that they played OU. And speaking of defensive staffs and firings and new hirings, Oklahoma let go Ted Roof last week. And by all accounts, they're going to hire 30-year-old Zach Alley, who was last at Jacksonville State under Rich Rodriguez, and he's going to replace Ted Roof as defensive coordinator. But at at this particular moment, again, I don't know. The thing about doing a podcast and recording once a week, and I've said this all along, I don't know when you're listening. I don't. Um, But at least right now, okay, at this particular moment in time, the word has not been official. It is not. We have not seen the white smoke come from the Vatican that says that Zach Alley has been hired as the new defensive coordinator at OU. But we're going to assume, and I know what assuming does, but we're going to assume that he's the guy and that Brent Venables and Joe Castiglione aren't going to have some last-minute change of heart where he is not the guy that's going to be defensive coordinator at OU. So... Why do you part with Ted Roof now? Well, maybe it's because OU is 109th in passing defense. And they allow 250 yards per game. Maybe it was the fact they were 77th in overall defense. Maybe it was because they were 42nd against the run, 43rd in red zone defense. Maybe, maybe those are all the reasons 
that Brent Venables decided that he was going to get Ted Roof. But you're saying, wait a second, wasn't this really Brent Venables' defense? This wasn't really Ted Roof's? And didn't Brent Venables say he was going to be more involved with the defense this year than he wasn't last year? And I would tell you, you're absolutely right. The reason you're making the move now, if you're Brent Venables, is because you are starting to back off the day-to-day operations of running the defense and probably calling plays to some extent, and you're becoming more of a CEO. It's a sign of maturity because I've said for, said for just months and months now, okay? Like if you've, if you've listened to this show or if you've either listened to my radio show or you've listened to this show, you know I'm, I am a big believer in the CEO. I'm a big believer in having the CEO type run your college football program, not a high-paid coordinator that is involved way more with one side of the ball than he is the other. And not that Brent Venables will totally wash his hands of the defense and not to bring up Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy hasn't completely washed his hands of the offense up in Stillwater, but he's more involved with the defensive side of the ball. He's handling a lot more of the administrative duties. And when he started walking away, From play calling, that's when you saw OSU actually become better. Not because Mike Gundy was a bad play caller. It's just you've got time to manage everything else that's going on. And what better way to hand that duty off to someone than if they are a clone of you, which by all accounts, that's what Zach Alley is. When you read any article about him, his parents say that he has the same mannerisms on the sidelines as Brent Venables. He talks like Brent Venables, thinks like Brent Venables. Uh, Rich Rodriguez noticed that during a halftime of one of the Jacksonville State games, that Zach Alley was able to dial up the exact play. And, and in just the short amount of time that you have, the 20 minutes you have, he was able to dial up the exact play and explain it to his players of how they were going to adjust and go out and be better during the second half, not to mention he's worked under Rich Rodriguez, I think, for three years at uh, Louisiana Monroe and Jacksonville State, which means Rich Rodriguez is an offensive guy. So you know that he's had to call plays. You know he's had to run the room. And it's not like Rich Rodriguez wouldn't be involved with all that, but it's not that he's exactly looking over his shoulder and interjecting whenever he just feels like interjecting. Although I guess when you're the head coach, you can do that anyway. But he's had these responsibilities before. And if you're looking to pull back, you're looking to be more of a head coach than you are a coordinator. This is the type of guy you want. And I think with everything going on with Brent Venable's wife, which is a huge part of this, and with everything else going on in the program, you couldn't have a better fit. I love the fact that Zach Alley spent time working as support staff at Clemson with Brent Venables. So that means that terminology, formations, none of that stuff changes. Uh, I love the fact that he's going to know exactly the way Brent Venables wants things done. So you can just pick up wherever he left off. And I love the fact that for three years, you've worked with Rich Rodriguez on all this and had the opportunity to control the room. By the way, sidebar. Um, If you have not looked up Rich Rodriguez coaching history, it's very fascinating because we always think of him as an offensive coach, but this is a guy that played defensive back at West Virginia and then did spend time as a defensive coordinator and a defensive backs coach and a special teams coach throughout his career. So he's actually 
got a pretty good acumen for both sides of the ball. Still mainly an offensive guy, which means he's going to be more involved with that side of the ball. That way, Zach Alley can take control. I love this. Um, I love the fact that Brent Venables took over the OU defensive job or the D.C. job when he was 29 and that Zach Alley is 30. So there's just so many great correlations here. It makes this transition very easy, and hopefully it's going to help OU on the defensive side of the ball, which we got some good news this week. Trace Ford is coming back. For another year at OU, guy had a couple of tackles in the Alamo Bowl. Um, Trace getting his sixth year because he was part of that whole COVID situation, so he gets a sixth year of eligibility. And I like the fact that when you look at OU's defense, it isn't just Trace Ford coming back and him contributing. And by the way, 18 tackles, three and a half for losses this year if you needed the numbers. But you've got Jacob Lacey, you've got Bowman coming back, you've got Ethan Downs, you've got Danny Stutzman coming back, Woody Washington announced that he's coming back. So whether it's Zach Alley, Brent Venables, whoever is in control of this defense, you've got a very experienced group making that transition for them going to the SEC. Now, think about that for a second. Just think about that for a second. And if you watch the national championship game this past week, think about this. What won that game? What won that game for Michigan? It was, can we all say it together, physicality and defense. As if watching Georgia win it under Kirby Smart the two years before and Nick Saban when he collected all the rings that he did at Alabama and did it playing a physically violent game. Okay, if we have not learned anything yet, have we just not learned that defense, defense wins championships is a cliche for a reason because it's true. And yes, permit me to whine here for a second, and I do apologize for that, but I do wonder why OU can't look more like Michigan. And on defense, Brent Venables may be trying to replicate that, or at least is trying to replicate that as best he possibly can. And I have nothing against Seth Luttrell, who's going to be OU's new offensive coordinator. I think Seth Luttrell is probably going to do a fine job. But ever since, ever since Bob Stoops came to OU, it has been some sort of variation of the spread. Ever since Mike Leach took over, and I look, I'll give you, Mangino had his way of doing things. Chuck Long had his way of doing things. Uh, but Josh Heupel, obviously Lincoln Riley. And I've always felt, okay, that when you run a finesse offense, you're going to run a finesse defense. And I get why coaches run the spread, because it's a lot easier. For it, it, It's easy for a lot of reasons, okay? It's a lot easier to get kids out of high school who run this kind of offense. It's a seven-on-seven world. You have all these seven-on-seven camps. Offensive linemen really aren't getting their hand in the dirt anymore in high school. In fact, I watched a lot of high school football this past year. I cannot remember one single high school team not running the spread, and I don't know if I saw maybe one, maybe two teams just a couple of times per game where guys got down in a three-point stance. So all that being considered, I mean, look, it, it, I, 
receivers are a lot easier to recruit. More kids are playing receivers. You can receiver. You can go out. You can get them. And if you've got abundance of them, you got to figure out a way to get them the ball because they're probably some of the best players on your team. We are not seeing a plethora of great running backs. And even Michigan's running backs, I wouldn't call them great, but they were a good combination, a really good combination of power and speed. Um, You just don't have the mentality anymore at the high school level of wanting to beat people up and get people in a phone booth. So, well, what are you going to do to be successful? You're going to run the spread and you're recruiting players that already run your system. And maybe they've got to learn a little bit of different terminology, but once that clicks, then they're ready to rock and roll once you once you put them on the field because they know exactly what to do because that's what they've been doing their entire high school career. And watching Michigan was an absolute treat. It was a treat to see them in in the red zone and goal line to have a lead blocker, a guy that plays that combination, tied in fullback position, line up mainly as a fullback and be a lead blocker for the tailback. It was great to see that. It was great to see a defense that acted like the ball was a magnet and seems like every time a guy from Washington was getting tackled, you had four or five guys around him. But we've seen Michigan win with physical defense. We've seen Alabama and Georgia do it. It's just a matter of, is OU willing to copy that? Can OU copy that when they go to the SEC? Can they have that kind of success? And probably not in the first couple of years, no. But if that's something that Brent Venables is committed to, and I have to think to a certain extent that Brent Venables probably is going to be committed to that. When you watch that win a national championship, and yes, football is a very copycat world, Hopefully, Brent Venables will copy it before somebody else in the Southeastern Conference copies it. Now, granted, you've got to get the players or the players that you get, they've got to buy in. Because the one thing that Jim Harbaugh did better than anything else that he did during this entire season or his entire tenure at Michigan, because I'm kind of planning on Jim Harbaugh going to the Los Angeles Chargers, Las Vegas Raiders or wherever, is the fact that he got receivers to buy in to block. He got tight ends to buy in to block. He he got guys to play a very selfless form of football and put the team first. And in an age where, as we talk about it, being seven on seven and you have a lot of receivers and quarterbacks and receivers want to rack up the stats and offensive coordinators get real impatient when they don't have the big play, he got everybody to buy in to just say, be patient. Do it this way. We're going to win a lot of football games. I don't know. I, that is probably the hardest thing to do right now in college football is to get that many people to buy in to play that kind of style because it's not sexy. And even today, <laughs> there is a talk show host on my station that was mad because Michigan didn't throw the ball enough. It's like, who cares if they don't throw the ball as long as they win? Do you really care if OU throws the ball? And racks up over 400 yards in offense, 300 of that being in passing. As long as they win the game, no, I don't think you do. I think you care about if they win. And you're like, well, wait a second. Now, the wishbone was kind of finesse ah, to an extent because your your offensive linemen are going to fire off and they're going to chop block people. It's one of the reasons everybody thinks everybody thinks the toughest thing about playing against the wishbone or the triple option is the fact that You have to play very disciplined assignment football, especially with your guys going out on the edge. And yes, that is true. 
But the other thing that is a pain in the butt about playing against an, an offense that runs that is that you're cutting people. Okay, uh, the offensive lineman cuts people a lot, and that annoys the hell out of defensive guys. They do not like that at all. It's one of the most difficult things that you've got to you've got to face when you're playing a triple option team. So OU was physical. It wasn't all finesse. It's fun to watch, but it wasn't all it wasn't all finesse. Plus, remember back in those triple option days, OU had a very physical defense. They had some dominating defenses back in the 70s and the 80s. And I can't scream it from the mountaintop high enough that this is how you win at the highest level, despite the fact that everybody still remains to be enamored with the play callers. Okay, it's there. It's in black and white. Is is it sexy as you want to be? Not really. But all that matters is that in the end, you've got that trophy. And now that we're getting to a 12-team playoff versus a 14-team playoff, it's going to be even more imperative that you are physical because the most physical teams will stand up. They'll be able to stand. They'll be able to withstand the punishment of playing more games. The finesse teams are the ones that you will see will drop like flies in this format. Mark my words on. Mark my words on that. So it's just it's one of these things that. You know, as we see it and we look at it, we know it clicks. It's just a matter of, well, can we buy into it? You know, can, not not just us, but the people that actually make the calls on this, can they buy into it? Is it something that they feel comfortable enough doing? Is that how they want to run their program? And I don't know that Brent Venables will ever have an offense that looks exactly like Michigan's. You may not need it. But for me, as great as it is to see quarterbacks, and I get it, OU's a lot closer to Washington than they are Michigan. Because OU recruits five-star quarterbacks, or they've produced a lot of Heisman quarterbacks. OU likes to throw a ball, the ball around. I get it. But what do you see about with Washington's defense? They weren't very good. They got worn down. They gave up a lot of big plays, big plays on the ground. And as we mentioned, OU against Arizona – 10 plays of 15-plus yards or more. That is not going to win you a national championship. Doing what Michigan does, well, that'll end up winning you a championship. Speaking of championships, um, ESPN and uh, Sports Illustrated have released their way-too-early top 25. Uh, ESPN's got OU at 15. Sports Illustrated's got OU at 18. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more of a homer. I probably have OU at 12, uh, but both of them citing the fact that you're getting a new offensive coordinator, you're getting a new defensive coordinator, so they look at that as you know turnover, which it is, it is. But Jeff Levy does the same thing that Jeff Levy does the same thing, pre, or not that uh, Seth Luttrell does. So it's not a big stretch for Seth Luttrell. Plus, he's he's a member of the staff. So, yeah, it's change. It just doesn't feel like change. And, again, Zach Alley, if, in fact, he is the defensive coordinator, he knows exactly what Britt Venables wants. So I'm not too worried about the turnover. Plus, OU's got a lot of guys coming back on defense, as we mentioned. And I think we've all agreed that Jackson Arnold's going to be an upgrade at quarterback and receivers ought to be good and running backs ought to be pretty good. I, I think OU was very, very, very underrated in these in these way too early polls. Hey, before we go, uh, we need to congratulate Dewey Selman. 
Yes, congratulations to Dewey Selman for being uh, selected for the College Football Hall of Fame. He's not been inducted yet. That won't happen until December 10th, and that'll be out in Las Vegas. Holy smokes, man. During during Dewey Selman's career at OU, the Sooners were 43-2-1, won the national championship in 74-75. Um, you know, he only racked up 325 tackles during his time at OU, was only drafted in the second round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, played a few seasons in the NFL. My God. It just, I, I think what impresses me the most about him was the 22 tackles he had against Texas. Uh, back in 74 when OU beat them 16-13. to And then the other 13 tackles he had in the Orange Bowl against Michigan. By the way, both those are records. Okay, both those are records for defensive linemen. Dewey Selman, yeah, there's a, there, there are more than a few reasons that uh, him and his two brothers have a statue down there on, you know, down there in the uh, east, on the east side of the stadium. And they have a statue on Jenkins, right? It's on Jenkins. God, it's been a while. Look, I, yes, I go there every Saturday, but I drank a lot also while I was in college, and I knew directions better than I knew street names. That's just that. That's the way that I roll. All right. Which, by the way, if you went to college, I hope you drink a lot in college too, because that's really the only way to have fun. Studying's not fun. It's important, but uh, drinking th- those are where the real life lessons are learned. All right, that wraps up this week's show. We thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, give us a five-star rating and write a written review. Take a screenshot of both. Send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. And uh, Pete will give you a Heartland College Sports koozie. So until next week, may God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Don Cornelius, love, peace, and soul.